Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. And I'm Jason Molenski. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections, to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust, trusting the entire journey. If you'd like to find us on the internet, you can go to trustthejourney.today. That is the address for our website, and we'll also get you to our Instagram and or our Facebook. You can please like, subscribe, comment, share, uh, and if you'd like to be deeply and more deeply involved, you could make a donation and that would greatly be greatly appreciated. It would help support the show. Uh, if you go down to our website, trustthejourney.today and scroll to the bottom, you'll see a big red button that says donate now. And it takes you to the Patreon page where you can find a place to donate of any level of donation. We'll get you membership into our Trust the Journey family, which is a emotionally safe space, which Melanie and I and the entire family curate together so that we all have somewhere we can share into when we're having celebrations or we're having tough times or we just need to say, hey, I'd like to connect with somebody. And that space is held for specifically for that purpose. It's, it's a really great space to be and We welcome you to join it. and We would appreciate your support to help bring this show to you every other week. Absolutely. All of that. Ditto. <laughs> we also want to love on and shout out our video editor, Kimberly Joy Voice. She's amazing. She edits the show for us now, does amazing work. If you need podcast editing services or help in that type of way, reach out to her directly at KimberlyJoyVoice at gmail.com and she will be stoked to help you out. And if you would like to get a hold of us individually, you can get a hold of Melanie at MelanieCurtis.com. And you can reach me on Instagram at Jason underscore Moledsky. That's M-O-L-E-D-Z-K-I. So today we have our third episode, special episode coming to you of Walking Each Other Home. Walking Each Other Home is a new series within the Trust the Journey channel, which is based in the idea that none of us really know what's going on. It is just this big, wild, crazy ride that we're all on together, and we all have different ideas about what might be happening. But the reality is there's one inevitable destination that we're all heading towards, and that is the end of our lives. And the quote, we are all just walking each other home, is a quote from the famous uh, guru Ram Das, And it is in reference to the idea that, you know, our lives are an inevitable journey we're all on. We come into this world and we have a life and our life ends. And during that process, we need to be compassionate and empathetic and aware that we're all having the same struggles and we're all on the same ride. We're all on the same journey and really just caring and being more patient and being more considerate and thinking about how challenging it is for everybody who's on this ride. We all have the same, you know, we're all, no, 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 not the same. We're all challenged in particular ways and the whole premise of the show is to open up the idea that maybe we could be a little more connected and a little more conscious of how that affects everybody yeah for sure and uh, it, so today, there's a depth there's a depth to it yeah. this notion of walking each other home and yeah i i love that and i'm excited to be a part of this space today so jay go ahead yeah well thank you um 
I'm very honored to invite Melanie today as guest host for the show. Um, the show was something that I conceived and I've been very excited to bring and I've had a couple guests on now. And due to recent occurrences within our community, I felt it was an appropriate time to put myself up to be interviewed by Melanie and ask some deeper questions about the journey. Um, I recently went through a pretty traumatic incident with a really close friend of mine who passed on and Mr. Jimmy Poucher. And so this is a dedicate. This episode is dedicated to Jimmy. This is walking each other home for Jimmy. Yeah. And Melanie is going to be the guest host today. And so we're just going to talk a little bit about our journey in the Sky family world of the long walk that we all take in every day together. So yeah. thank you, Melanie. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you for trusting me to be in this role today. I don't take that lightly and I, I receive it as an honor. I, I'm not really sure where to start. And I think that's almost an appropriate feeling, but I think where I want to start is tell me about Jimmy. Tell me about your friend. Yeah. Well, the measure of a man, you know, there's a lot of ways to think, consider that. And I start to think about a lot is uh, the kind of person who makes everybody feel safe. You know, it's the kind of person that draws as, as a man, he draws women in because they feel safe mm. around him. Mm. All right. And he's the kind of person who's always fun loving and just looking for, naturally just naturally inclined to see the humor to find the joy to always look at the brighter side and not get tied up in drama or meh. yeah right it's just the, the easy path you know yeah i mean i ask because i never actually was able to know him mm. i never met him and I have so many friends that know and love him. And the outpouring of support in the Sky family from his passing is immense. You feel it. I feel it. I feel Incredible. it. It's, yeah. It is immense. And so that speaks volumes to who this person is and the kind of friend that he is and the energy that he brings to the world. So I wanted to acknowledge that and give you a chance to share about it. Um, what do you feel most compelled to share about first relative to this today's intention um you know i've been going through a lot of emotions mm -hmm. lately i've been feeling an incredible amount of love from the sky family the sky community both the skydiving world and the base jumping world and i like to acknowledge that these are even though these two sports are very tightly knit and many of the players who participate in base jumping almost all base jumpers are skydivers, but not all skydivers are base jumpers. So there is uh, an overlap, but they're distinctly two different sports. And, and even in that, I sat in a room last night with uh, you know eight or 10 jumpers and we had a little circle and we talked about a bunch of this and, and challenges related to our sport and our local community here. And some of the people in that room had more base jumps than skydives. Mm. Well, actually, a, a number of people in their room. And that it's starting to change, like our demographic is changing. So first, I wanted to address that this is largely going out to the two communities, which are separate, but also entwined. And um, I feel a, a massive amount of love, like the amount of love that is just 
radiating around right now, just radiating. It's just resonating everywhere. This this wave of love has just like washed across everybody who's known him and it's hit everybody and it's resonated back in every direction. So it's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. I'm going to just step one second. <laughs> and it's true. Jay is not at his mic, but the wave of love is crazy. Okay, here we go. resonant energy just radiates in every single direction around our globe around the sphere that we live in and it touches every one of us and mm -hmm. it resonates back and it touches everybody else that it resonates yeah and that wave of energy has just been intensely bringing up the energy within our field within our community and there's a connection that's occurring that is just driving every pull pulling everybody together to it, unite us it feels sort of like a detonation like, a, yeah. you know, in a bomb in some way to me from where I sit, not being directly involved, but being very connected to it because of you and everybody that I know that loves and is it directly impacted by Jimmy's passing. But, um, yeah, it's profound. It is profound. So I know you want to share. Do you have something to share? Go ahead. No, I, I disagree entirely with what you're saying. Like for me, it was like being at the epicenter of an explosion and it's exactly that type of effect. This resonant, you know, energy is just. Do you want to tell us about that experience? You don't have to. I'm just curious if you want to share that. I think let's wait. Let's not go to that too quickly. Cool. Yeah. 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 What... What is the inspiration behind wanting to talk about this? Like, what are you hoping that listeners get from this type of sharing? Like, why, why talk about this? Well, communicating and sharing and speaking towards our challenges, connecting through vocalization. It's one of the key ways that we have to heal. Uh, it's really important that we let things out mm -hmm. and that we talk about them between each other, um, even when it's hard or challenging. Um, it's about creating a safe space, finding people we can trust who we know will hold a space for us to be able to share into and to allow um, for whatever needs to come up. What ha up. has been coming up for you? Like, what has been your experience? You said you're experiencing a lot of feelings. What is that? What's your experience been so far? Um, mostly, f you know, this is really interesting is I'm feeling a lot of love mm -hmm. and a lot of like really um, affirmation. So um, my personal experience is one where 
Everybody who's in this journey of Sky Family together, we all know that every time we step out of a plane or off of a cliff or whatever that, you know, we put ourselves in free fall that we're, we're signing a contract that is one of the possible ways that might turn out is with a fatal accident. And that risk is present. It's there for us. And it's something we all accept in order to also receive the trade-off, which is overcoming our own fear of, of death mm-hmm. and, and allowing ourselves to be present in the moment and truly live uh, rather than shrinking in fear. And what I'm feeling is a an empathy from everybody out there who knows uh, because I was present with Jimmy when he died and I was witness to his his death that that's a very traumatic experience to mm-hmm. deal with is to watch one of your friends to to die mm-hmm. um, especially in such an impactful way mm-hmm. and knowing the measure of a man right when somebody is as important to a community as Jimmy is and so that I think that's really one of the key things is it's like a key player on a chessboard you know it's yeah. like losing your queen or losing one of your, your key people. You know, Jimmy's been looked up to as a father figure within our community, very much so, you know. Uh, He was 53 and very much godfather, father figure. And when we lose somebody of that much stature and that that's that stature is not like a political power Mm -hmm. it's like a trust it's everybody's got their trust in particular people in a community that say this is somebody who upholds my morality sure enough who upholds what we believe in Mm -hmm. and so when we pull that pin out and that person's not there anymore there's a wobble because everything's going to reposition right Mm -hmm. and um i've literally received hundreds of messages and phone calls from people all over the planet who wish to connect and empathize and relate and support and show love. And that same wave of love is also going out to his partner, Marta, his, mm-hmm. his wife, uh, in the same way. And and my partner, Julie, as well, because we're all deeply involved and then it's going up to everybody all the waves and waves and waves of level jimmy's family all the people so uh i'm doing really well and feeling really good because there's this incredible positive assurance that we've all got each other's backs yeah that's amazing It's, it's interesting incredible. the what you said the way that I've thought about it over the years is the is these pillar people and it it is like how a pillar holds up a structure and so when a pillar is is sort of removed but there's the you know conversation that can be had around that around it is is he removed in in this waking life he is uh, I don't know. I'm not sure how you feel about that. But yeah, this this notion of this version of comfort consciousness that we live in, he's gone and that pillar is gone. And it's so understandable for that instability to be felt. It's it's fascinating to almost see, OK, yeah, there's instability, but then there's immediately this 
support from a different version of, of energy, from a different version of holding up. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's what you're describing. Totally correct me if I'm wrong, which is amazing. Yeah, it's exactly that. You know, the, I, I don't know any better way to describe it than that that load is in automatically like there's some redistribution system that occurs yeah. within our net mm-hmm. of being that we all are that just re- you know redistributes that and <clears throat> that transitions a challenging time right because we we feel such you know attachment to an idea that things are permanent even though we know we we know yeah. this is the this is the crazy part about our whole journey is like we know that everybody dies right everybody dies and uh, life this was a great quote i think this was sandy who quoted this he said life is not the opposite of death birth is the opposite of death life is what we do in between these two dates mm-hmm. right it's just a fantastic concept what have you learned over the years from your friends dying because you seem really strong you know you seem in such a good place and maybe that's just because you're on a positive wave and you're feeling all the support of the community i don't know how your how your feelings will evolve your experience will evolve i don't want to assume anything i more ask that question of the you seem strong to me and you seem in a very positive place talking about, okay, feeling supported by the energy. And I'm wondering how the experiences of your past going through this have, what, like, what have you learned, but also how is this different? If it is different, maybe it's not. That's a really good question. So I guess I find myself well-prepared. Um, for those of you who don't know, I lost both my parents while I was still a child. Uh, my father passed when I was nine years old and my mother left when I was 12. And then <clears throat> throughout my history as a skydiver, which started at quite a young age, uh, I've been around and deeply connected, intimately connected to people passing in the sport for you know, 27 years now. So um, you know, the first person that I lost in skydiving was my mentor, Mm -hmm. the person who I did the most amount of jumps with, who taught me the most, who was my friend, my teammate, a person that I loved dearly. I looked up to with big shiny eyes, you know, and just really had on a pedestal for their way of being and for their skydiving skills. And, um, and that continued. You know, that didn't stop with with Sean, my my mentor, my friend. I lost him when I was 25. Um, you know, the my base jumping mentor, Mario Richard, he also passed on a few years later on. Um, and, and the list goes on and on and on of the number of people that have been highly influential in my experience as a person mm-hmm. and who have affected me and how I choose to act or like the outward version of me and the in- inward version of me, the people who've really um, influenced me to become who I am today. There's some of them are still here, but many of them have passed. Mm-hmm. And so 
losing key people like Mario and Sean and uh, my friend Ted, Ted Rudd, it, it really hit has hit home with me. It's been like hitting that bell, you, you know, every year or two, the bell gets rung and there's this big whoosh, you know. And so I find myself very well prepared mm. to accept the temporary nature of existence mm. and having spent over 25 years in base jumping and seen hundreds of people die in that time, you know, not all of them were direct close people to me, but there was many that were, um, I think the older we get, the more we just realize that everybody, everybody dies. And yeah, it, it was rough to, to watch him go, mm-hmm. you know, cause there's a, there's a visual trauma and like an energetic trauma. That's, that's not very pleasant at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm more choosing to attach to the support, the love, the family, the, the just incredible positive energies than choosing to attach to any ones that may be negative. Yeah. And, I also want to say, it's funny because as I say that, I don't even know what I'm about to say. Like I, you know, I know there's I something else it. that I want to say, but it's coming. And I'm like, what am, I, what am I actually wanting to say? Is I love Jimmy. The, 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 the love that we have for one another, the love that he had for me and the love I have for him, that doesn't stop. I'm wearing a shirt that says love on it. (laughs) That love never goes away. Yeah. Right. Like that love continues. And that was one of my best friends. You know, we had such a great conversation on this hike. And in the weeks we've been, we've been talking to each other every day for like the last three months, literally every day. Yeah. And that there's no loss. It's all gain. It's all gain. There's no loss. So this is the way I view the universe is the universe is expanding, right? The universe is getting bigger. Science shows us that the universe is expanding. Well, what's it filling up with? Why is it getting bigger? It's getting bigger because there's more of something, right? And to me, there's a more experience. There's more love. There's more life. Everything that we create together, everything we exchange together, those are the things that we're making more of. Mm. So... I only see my own life having more and more experience. There's only one thing I know, and that's my own existence, right? Like, I don't know your existence. I've mm-hmm. never looked through Melanie's eyes. I've never looked through Jimmy's eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that journey looks like. I can't possibly imagine how it feels or the, the depth of it. I only know it from my existence, and my existence is getting bigger. There's more and more coming in. So I don't, I, I can't possibly look and i've spent a lot of time thinking about this you know i can't look at death as a loss Mm -hmm. it's just the end of the period of gain from that particular equation right like in that form in that form so that period of gain exists for a period of time and that period of gain stops gaining but others come in and start to gain as well Mm -hmm. and eventually our own period will stop and so they're all just we're all just going along this journey, you know? Yeah, it's a powerful concept, this notion of preparedness, you know, that, I mean, gosh, death, the conversation around death is 
I don't even know what conversation around it there is in most circles. It's usually a highly avoided topic because of the emotional charge, because of the fear, because of the pain associated with that experience for most people. And so I love that you're sharing about and embodying the example of even this thing that is so hard for so many of us, we can grow through that. Like you said, the list goes on and on and on. And there's an interesting question, I think, around that, where it's like, did you ever question? And I, I, I feel like I know, know this, but I, I want to almost know more about that. The questioning of, should I be doing this? Like the doubt that comes along, like, how did you move through that? Cause I imagine as, as a younger person, you did experience the pain, that typical grief man, how that typical grief manifests. So I'm like, how did you get through that pain and say more about that growth process into your preparedness of today and your, your mindsets of today? It's a, that seems like a two part question to me when I hear it. And one of those is the relationship to how to, how do you keep going? You know, how do you step back up to the edge of the cliff again? Right. Or how do you get to the door of the airplane or how do you walk out the door of your house? Yeah. How do you get out of bed in the morning? Like it's, it's, it's all a relative sliding scale of like your own version of trust mm-hmm. in risk, you know, and it's really about the real, the real, let's go to the root. The real root of that is how do you open your heart again? Right. Mm -hmm. How do you let yourself love somebody again, knowing that you're going to lose them? Yes, exactly. That's the root of it. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the part we're most scared of. And I, you know, like I said, this started early. I lost my both parents for the people I love the most or love me the most so young that this concept of like the support system that you have that we have in our journey is eventually going to get taken away from us and it's not going to be there anymore it's a terrifying concept because it leaves us feeling alone Mm -hmm. right it leaves us feeling unsupported so there's that piece of the question and then the other piece of the question is in facing how like how to deal with the grief that's what that's what i heard so the grief yeah, comes. Yeah, like what is that process? Right? Yeah, yeah, sorry, say more. Yeah, it comes, you know, like I'll find myself driving down the road or reading a post that somebody made. So many beautiful people out there sharing their love through these like expressive stories and descriptions. And I, you know, I flip open Facebook and there's a long post written by somebody who was close to Jimmy and who had wanted to share their times together and the things that really were important between them. And I feel that, oh, and you know, the tears start to well up and the, the, that big release of grief comes to the surface. Now that, that emotional experience and the, how do we deal with fear of loss again these are two to me these are two different things Mm. right like yeah my my own grief experience and my own expression of emotional energy i'm not afraid of that anymore yeah i it's it's hard because when it comes up it's an intense experience right the whole shuddering wailing crying you know Mm -hmm. um, needing to be held needing to be 
um, feeling weak, all the things that come along with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I've been through it many, many, many times in my life and it's not nice. You know, it's, it's a tough one. So, but I know that like a feeling of grief occurring is a good thing. Expression of an emotional experience is a good thing. Like I'm going to, at some point, encourage it from myself. Yeah. Like when time and space feels like the right time, I'm going to do that. And it's just like going to visit uh, a loved one in a cemetery Mm -hmm. or going out into nature and bringing a loved one's special item and talking to them and encouraging that that's uh, creating that safe container for that emotional release. You Mm -hmm. know, we're emotional beings that that's really, really important. And we all, and we all need to do that. We all need to do that. And I don't let that be a, that's not related to how do I then open my heart again? How do I then put my faith and trust in somebody or an idea and not be afraid of losing it? I think just to quickly interject what you're talking about in terms of modeling that grieving and emotional expression is totally natural, totally normal, and that you're not afraid of it. Because most people, I would imagine, still want to avoid emotional pain. That half of the fear we live with is the fear of experiencing emotional pain, which I think segues to the how do we open our heart again because I think that is what the fear primarily is that's blocking one from opening their heart correct me if you you have a different experience but for me that's what it is you're right on the money yeah so I think I mean what at least this is just my experience right I can't ever speak towards anybody else's journey Um, for myself what I remind myself of is that everything changes Everything is temporary. Nothing is staying this way. Five minutes from now, everything's different. And that that was reinforced for me with Jimmy passing, you know, like the one minute we're there and the next minute he's not. And it's just, oh, everything changes. So even if I'm going to have a painful experience, an emotional experience, it's not going to last forever unless I hold on to it and try and like drag it out and not release it. So the the more we accept the pain and let it pass through us, the quicker it's going to stop. So this is a great example in, in, um, you know, physical injury and emotional injury are not very different in the sense that, agreed. you know, if I drop a dumbbell on my foot, it's going to hurt. And it's going to throb and, you know, there's going to be a period of really intense pain and I won't be able to focus on anything else. It'll be completely wrapped around that that one thing happening. But eventually that's going to stop. It's it's going to pass. So and I will feel better once it's over. I don't like the idea of inducing it. But if it's already occurred, if we've had an emotional experience that is now inside of us. We need to release it in order to let it go and to be free from that pain. Why do you think Jimmy came into your life? It's funny, you know, um, I met Jimmy in 1999 
And um, at the time, I was working at Vertigo Base Outfitters with Marta, his wife, or to, soon to be wife. And at the time, she was single. And she told me that she started seeing somebody. And I already had a sister brother relationship with her where I really cherish her. She was a, a mentor to me, but she was also somebody that I would protect. You know, like I really cherished her friendship. And when she told me she was seeing somebody new, I was already like kind of guarded. Like, who's this dude? You know? <laughs> he better be a good dude. You know, right? I really didn't want to see anybody hurt her. Sure. You know, so this guy comes in. You know, he's young and fun loving and, you know, and immediately I'm, I was like, mm, do, I, do I trust him? I trust him. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I trust him. Yeah, he's good. It took me a moment, you know, it took me a moment. But right. my my initial relationship of him into my life was is he, he was taking on this role, this supporting role for somebody that I was close to. Cool. And in that there was a trust built between us because I already had like this brother feeling with Marta where I'm like, oh, I'm going to make sure that she's got a good guy. Then he is. And I'm like, okay, now we're brothers, right? Like now we're on the same page. We're on the same team yeah. now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And in that he's one of the few people who's actually been a real teacher for me, somebody who could say things and do so in a way where the way he would deliver it, I would actually hear it. Mm, and cool. it's an important thing to say because I am a stubborn ass <laughs> sometimes. Oh, my God. You might try to tell me something and I'm like, I got blinders on. I don't want to hear it. Made my decisions. This is how I'm going to do it. And Jimmy would be like, yeah, you know, I just saw somebody do something a little different. It was kind of kind of just lays down the way he was seeing it. And I hear him and I'm like. Oh, damn. He just called me out in the most subtle way <laughs> without ever pointing a finger That's at me. so awesome. So that I could hear that I'm being a dumbass. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So uh, that, that like, his place in my life has been one of a brother, like an older brother. Yeah. I was, I never had an older brother. Uh, but he's one of the few that has really felt like an older brother to me. Yeah. Oh, so, so fascinating how over time relationships grow in depth and how you started with a foundation of trust, shared trust with Marta and grew into a brother feeling, a brother supportive relationship. And then, I mean, you guys have had so many experiences together, right? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. like share more about some of the experiences where your friendship deepened and yeah i want to i want cuz you know how when we talk about people passing on we we can say and and share about how we want to live in in with inspiration of their example and we want to what they stood for we want to be and take that on I mean maybe you want to do that maybe you don't but, but this notion that they live on through us and how their influence of us then lives on through how we make choices how we live how we love stuff like that so I'm curious what Jimmy's influence on you in that kind of way was Oh, it's 
so there's a lot of examples there. Um, I think most recently, uh, there's been a family reunion that we've been organizing for a number of years. Um, starting back in 2016, I believe was our first year. We, um, Jimmy had the idea to put together a, a family reunion, a convention where we get all the base jumpers and sky family together and bring everybody together to just spend time together. And the, the thing that was different about this event is there's no jumping. Jumping's not allowed. It's not even that it's requested, like, please don't. It is no jumping at the event or around the event because we have had a lot of fatalities in our community. At that time, there was a lot of uh, people passed in a very short period of time. And that was really having a negative resonance, a lot of weight, a lot of the pulling them big pins out yeah, and a lot of load left on everybody else. And so they were starting to feel really, really heavy. And the community was struggling and needed connection and needed time. So and Jimmy made a decision to organize this event and bring everybody together uh, in Las Vegas and say, okay, here's the deal. From the beginning of the event to the end of the event, nobody jumped. Because no, we can't, we just need three days where nobody dies. Yeah. That was really what it was about. Wow. It was like, we need three days where nobody dies because it feels like it's happening every day right mm -hmm. now. And, you know, fact of the matter is every day somebody dies. Every day yeah. people are dying. Every second people are dying. It's a constant. It never stops. But the relative experience within our community was so just repetitive and impactful that we were really like feeling we're faltering. Like it was like, hey, yeah, well, this is, is this, what are we doing here? Like this whole thing is struggling. So, you know, he helped, he put this event together from the very beginning. He asked me to be involved in um, organizing the musical side of the house and, and performances. And year after year, we've co-hosted this event and um, taken more and more responsibility every year. And it's grown and it's transformed. And this last year, that's why I say we've talked like every day for the last three months because he's basically given me the keys to run the entire event. And I basically have the complete organization happening right now. So one of the big lessons there, like how does how does that relationship work? There's a lot of like pace. He's always been really good at taking his time, mm. you know, and doing it the way he wants it to be done. And not being in a hurry. Yeah. And and trust being something that's slowly given. Yep. You know, that you don't just like, hey, hey, go ahead. You know, like, <laughs> right. so you know, like we we've done this event year after year, and he is very he, there was a chunk of trust handed to me initially to here, you manage this part of it. And that's slowly over the years been handed more and more. Mm -hmm. And even though we've known each other over 20 years, you know. So I think that's a recent example of how we both have this desire to create connection within our community, to bring our community tighter together, to find ways to like, how do we get people to just spend time together yeah. and really like dig into our depth of friendship and characters and, you know, enjoy each other while we have the chance because yeah. this fake, this event 
has happened three times now or having the fourth and I look at the photos from each event and I see pictures of people that aren't here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Every group photo, there's a dozen people missing oh, out of it. Man. I'm like, wow, it really just is continuing to iron in this idea of everything passing, everything temporary, and like really being present right now and really enjoying our friends right now and really saying, you know, I love you. Yeah. And squeezing that person and caring about them and doing it now. Oh, it sounds yeah. so brave when you talk about it like that. It's and the and you acknowledge and you shine a light on that reality of people being gone, not just one or two, but a, a bunch. That's like a, no joke as in. Wow. As yeah. in back to the concept and the idea of how do we open our heart and I, and this is something I feel like I felt immediately from you as well, which weirdly enough, wasn't directly expressed, but I feel like it is coming from your body, from your being is the gratitude for the time, the, the gratitude and the, and the recognition of, thank God, this is so amazing that this is occurring, that this is I get to connect deeply with my people in this way or whatever. And so to, to make sure to make intention around fostering that versus being like, oh man, if I go deep and I really love people, I'm going to be fucking hurting. You know, it's like there's the focus is so on the love is so on the connection is so on the pure gratitude of the opportunity when we have the chance, like you said, and I invite you to say more about that if it resonates. Well, it's the whole op the whole idea of having one shot. You know, we've got one opportunity to do mm. anything and, and we don't have tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is only today. Um, I'm going to read a, a I think I'm going to read both. I mean, I think I've got one here, but this is a short verse that was sent to me yesterday. And you, you, you said it's like an explosion. I'm like, well, let me read this little thing that was just sent to me. <laughs> The universe is an ongoing explosion. That's where you live. It's an explosion. Also, we absolutely don't know what living is. Sometimes atoms arrange in a certain way, just get very haunted. That's us. <laughs> when an explosion explodes hard enough, dust wakes up and thinks about itself. And then writes about it. Oh, my God. I love that. I, I love that. Whoever shared that, whoever wrote that, I it's love unknown. it. It's unknown. It's unknown. Perfect. Isn't that great? Yes, it is great. I'm gonna I love that one. how it's dust wakes up for a minute, thinks a, thinks a bit and <laughs> writes about, about itself. itself. Yeah. Like, it's like amazing. Speaking, oh God, we could go down a rabbit hole there. Please read the second one. I'm going to read the second one because these have really just like anchored my emotional experience lately to just the infinite nature of existence. And that lets me feel okay with everything. You know, I've said it recently um, and something else that I had shared, which is just letting this, I said, I think it was one of our shows, the concept, everything changes, mm -hmm. right? everything changes. And that has just let me feel so 
okay with everything. I'm like, oh, I don't need to hold on to everything. Everything's changing. All it's all everything's changing. Consider two distinct realities somewhere out in the vastness of space. There is a tiny planet. This much is true in both universes. On this planet, there's a beach. And on that beach, there is a small stone. Once again, both universes alike in this regard. Beneath that stone, however, there are several million grains of sand. And while they are all in precisely the same location in each universe, one of them, a tiny speck of particularly clear quartz, hewn from a larger hole millions of years before, has a single atom that is positioned a fraction of a femtometer differently than its twin in the mirror dimension. You may think that such an insignificant difference would label these two universes as being functionally identical, and you would be right in the fact that they are so similar that the multiverse has long since combined them into one reality. The single atom in that tiny speck of sand on that lonesome beach on a distant planet merely occupies two spaces at once, seeming to vibrate outside, seeming to an outside observer to vibrate back and forth at a predictable rate, and that every atom in existence, every atom in existence, seems to do the same probably is a coincidence. I don't even know where to start with that. <laughs> it like that's the small version of an explosion happening in my brain right this moment, yeah. you know? Yeah. What do you get from that? I I feel joy when I think about how little we understand. Right. You know, I, for me, it's fun to be curious mm -hmm. about the nature of existence. And I stop being afraid of things when I realize how little comprehension we actually have. Yeah. Um, and relating to the infinite for me gives me a, a place inside of myself to let go of these attachments I have of control. Yeah, that's that's yeah. something I jotted down was this notion of attachment. I feel like we keep coming back to that, like that. And if we're talking about how if part of the goal of this conversation, not that there needs to be a goal of this conversation, is to share with Sky family and the base family ways to move through this experience and how you and how you've done it for yourself that's what I feel like I hear a lot of is you are you've whether intentionally or inadvertently accidentally through your experiences you have let go of attachments to the idea that things are permanent to the like you're illuminating that reality you're not letting the like we normally walk around life with blinders on like we're not thinking about someone's gonna die we're not thinking about jay could be dead tomorrow i freaking hope not you know what i mean but the reality is it could happen you know what it i mean will happen one day one day one of these days could be tomorrow could be today could be a week from now right we have no idea right. so i want to share one of my favorite concepts here yeah so uh, Usually, 
like right now, as we're listening to this, as we're recording this, we perceive a life ahead, right? A distance of unknown period of time, which for which we will live and we will do things and meet people and eat things and sleep and all kinds of stuff will happen. And Mm -hmm. we have no idea when the end is, right? We just don't know what it's when it's going to be for most of the time. That's true most of the time. And then at some times in our life, like if we're given a terminal diagnosis, you know, if we have a, a, a terminal illness, then we're given six months to live or we're given a year or whatever. And we suddenly have an end, you know. So there's that those situations. There's also as we approach the end of our life. And we start to realize that, you know, the lifespan is coming to a close, that we know those years are getting shorter and shorter, you know, and the, you know, grandma and grandpa yeah. aren't going to be around much longer kind of concept. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the rest of the time in the middle of this journey, we're just kind of ignorant to how much time we have available to us and what we do with it just Netflix all night or whatever, you know, like we're just kind of using it randomly to do whatever. And our Sky family changes that for themselves in the sense that when we step out of the door of the airplane or when we step off of a cliff or a mount, a building or a bridge or whatever, we very clearly start the clock towards the countdown timer. Mm-hmm. You, you know how many seconds there are between you and the end of your journey. So in choosing to do that, we place ourselves into a situation where we are forced to ex- acknowledge our reality, right? And the reality is there's a finite period of time available to us, right? That is forced upon us, where in our everyday, we're just kind of pretensies that it's not a reality, Correct. right? Yeah. So now I know I've stepped out of a plane. I have 60 seconds before I impact. I now have two choices with what to do with my time. I can freak out about it and live in a state of anger, panic, fear, denial, whatever. Or I can state it's a fact, accept that it's a fact, that's a fact, and then choose to do what do I do with the time I have left? That is the question. What do I do with the time I have left? If I have 60 seconds to live, I'm going to use 45 of it to have the best possible time I can with my friends. Yeah. And then I'm going to save a little buffer to get a parachute open or to do what I can to make sure that it doesn't end. But the the inevitable choice is love and and enjoy for life and expressing ourselves and truly leaning into the opportunity we have to do so or shrinking back in fear of the end of our lives. Because mm-hmm. it's all about the end of our, it's all about the end. It's all about that inevitable end coming and our how we relate to it. And if we choose to acknowledge it's there and accept it, or if we choose to deny it and be afraid of it, and that gives us the perspective and the ability to choose to say, I'm just going to use this time that I have as best way I possible can and love and celebrate and unicorns and rainbows. Yeah. And sometimes it'll be hard yeah. and there'll be challenging stuff in there, but we still know that it's there. And so we still try to get the most out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And the blinders or keeping this notion in in our blind spots or keeping the blinders up to this this reality of finite time to the end is a road to regret 
Because if we are not doing what you're talking about, and then because that happens a lot when people pass on unexpectedly or when people pass on expectedly, there is this often this experience for people of regret. Oh, I wish I had said this. I wish we had done that thing we said we were going to do. And and that usually, at least it has for me, really powerfully brought that into one of my intentional value sets of being like, I want to do the things and say the things and how ask, ask myself this question, how can I do my best to guarantee I don't have regrets? What does that look like for me? You know, with the people that I love with this life that I have that does have an end that I don't know when is coming. That's the real value, right? The real value of losing people is that it reminds us to really lean in to our own opportunity to get the most we possibly can out of it and to also to have the most positive relationship with other people that we possibly can. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I definitely still have fear around losing certain people. You know what I mean? Like I could cry even just thinking about the loss, like, and I say loss, but I, I don't really mean that like that because I, I personally tend to resonate with everything that you've said when I am able to connect to those concepts and in the face of grief and stuff like that. But yeah, man, it's interesting to navigate the, the that fear. And I, and I, I mean, what would you tell someone who is like, I mean, how would you show up for that person? You know what I mean? Like if you're my friend and I call you and I say, Jay, I'm still struggling. I'm really struggling. I'm afraid. And it seems just kind of perpetual that I'm thinking about losing my mom. You know, what, what would you coach me to think about other? I mean, I know we've talked about a lot of stuff, but just humor my, my question, if you don't mind. This is a really challenging topic. Um, I've been going through it a lot this last week. Yeah. And um, it's been different every time. Everybody's needs are different. You can't, um, you, you know, you can't use the same answer for everybody for how to provide solstice or companionship or nurture or love or whatever. Um, so I think what I recognize there is we are each a, on our own journey and we are each at different points on our own journey. And the best way that we can be present for one another is to empathize. Like empathy is the key yeah. where we we say we we is empathy not you or i right we are on this journey mm -hmm. yeah that's the starting point for everything there right where we are doing this and whether or not i'm in the same position as you or somebody else or anybody else isn't relative but we are on the journey together and just know that we're not alone yeah to me, that's the foundation. And that's the whole point of this show. 
That is the point of walking each other home is that we are not alone. Yeah. We are all on this together and we can't get off of it. You, you We're on it together, whether you like it or not. This is how it is. <laughs> this is it. You might think you're alone, but you're, you're not. not. <laughs> <laughs> I might want to be, but you're not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, man, it's. Oh, it is. It it is a really fascinating thing that our communities in our communities specifically have seemingly more experience than the quote unquote average person with this with death. I don't know. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I don't think it's true. It seems true. It seems like maybe the like the timing is different. I think that maybe the rate at which we experience death on a typical. Yeah, like, like we experience so, it in our youth more it, than people would. Yeah, typically, I think we, we don't lose a lot of people when we're very young, unless there's like war or famine or some other thing occurring, tragedy, right. you know. But um, so like an average life, most deaths happen towards the older ages and in a highly active, high risk, extreme sports, sky family, all these different words to describe where people, people's lives end earlier than, you know, typical lifespan, uh, or not dying from natural causes, then it's happening at a younger age while they're active. And so we're, we're, relating to it at a time period where it seems unnatural you know it seems like it shouldn't be so soon yeah 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 exactly and one of the things and this is sort of uh i don't know non sequitur but like the you because of your experience because of the long term nature of your involvement in skydiving and base jumping in both communities and the experience, the long list that you have, you are almost automatically, but not, I mean, it's not automatic, but you are a leader. You are someone people are looking to for it seems like that anyway, from yeah. where I'm sitting. So I don't want to assert something that's not true. It seems like people are looking to you as a leader in in emotional processing. And like, I don't know if that's true or, or not, but. It's absolutely I, true. Yeah, I want to yeah. acknowledge yeah. that. And I, I'm yeah. curious about that, that role that you seem to be in and what that feels like for you and what you're doing with it. You know what I mean? Can you say more about that? Yeah. Um, I, I made a comment about it um, to some degree, you know, a very s- s- summarized statement um, about how I am equally uh, honored and traumatized by the experience that I've had with being present for Jimmy's passing. Yeah. And when I say honored, it's a very, uh, you know, a dozen people or more have said, wow, he, you're, he, you, you're, he, you're, you're so honored that he chose you. Mm. Like there's this thing of like, who, who you choose to be with when you pass kind of like, there's a subconscious part of our soul speaking Mm. in that nature. And 
in a lot of people who are, you know, been involved in the community for a long time have and are like inner circle kind of people to family and friends circles have been like, I can't imagine anybody else being there. Like it, it needed to be you there on this experience. And part of me knows that, you know, like there's some thing where we are walking each other home. We're just, there's a, there's no fate, you know, there's no coincidence. It's all happening exactly as it's planned to happen or as it's going to happen. Mm. And our souls are are making the choices uh, for parts of a bigger plan. Mm. And the whole concept of free will, you know, relates into that. And something I highly recommend everybody take some time to study and to think about um, what free will really is. So I accept that role with honor Mm -hmm. because it's a position of trust where people are trusting your, their emotions, you know, and they're trusting their heart. They're opening their heart yeah, and they're saying, tell me how to feel or tell me that it's okay. Tell me it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me it's okay. And tell me that he was happy and tell me that he passed quick and tell me that everything's going to continue to be okay. And that all the things that we learned from Jimmy are still valid and have value and are still real. You know, uh, validate my version of reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a very big role, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a task for sure. And I, I'm definitely honored by it. And I think we, we all do this for each other, you know, like we all hold space for each other. And I, I am so grateful for all the people that are holding space for me yeah. uh, and holding space for Marta and holding space for everybody involved in this experience. Um, and most and holding space for Jimmy, you know, because Jimmy's the one doing the transition, you yeah. know, from one realm to another. And yeah. What else do you need to share? What I else? brought a few friends yeah. with me tonight. Do it. Do today, it. Oh. Uh, I've got a little glass vial here, mm-hmm. and um, as any of you who've been around might know, this, this glass vial is full of powder. It's not drugs. It's but there might be some drugs in there. I don't know. <laughs> it's that's JVH, John Van Horn, who was a incredibly powerful figure in our community because of this resonance of love, mm. because of this heart that just people felt safe around and people just love the energy and who he is and how much fun he had. And I've got a little vial full of his ashes here. Um, and this one's pretty fun. This is one of my best friends, one of my mentors. I've got a little bag of sport beans. <laughs> and in this bag, this little Ziploc baggie is a bunch of ashes of my my mentor, my friend and person I cherish, Mario mm. Richard. And um, there's a great story with these is that I actually scooped them up in my hand out of a Karen on top of a mountain, knowing that they were his ashes on this mountaintop. Oh. And scooped up some, put them in a bag and took them with me. Uh, <laughs> they had been left there by some of his good friends who had went to build a memorial on top of this beautiful mountain out in the Rockies. And I'm like, I heard that they did it the day before I went up the next day and scooped a handful for myself to take <laughs> home. <laughs> Mario probably loves that. Yeah, and that's great. He's right? like, yeah, sport beans. Yeah. Sport beans. It totally suits him. So that's like my jelly beans pack for when I was hiking up there. Like, I'll just put them in here. And this one, this little pouch 
This little baggie here is just it's so non-representative. It's just it just looks like ash. It's the whole dust waking up thing. Right. I have a bag full of dust here. Yeah. This bag of dust is somebody who is the body of somebody who impacted me in such a powerful way. And that's Ted, Ted Mm. Rudd. Mm. And these were given to me in in trust by a friend of mine a few years ago, not like a decade after he passed a decade beyond where he's handed me this bag and said, here, these should be with you. Mm. And it's this recognition like Ted influenced me in such a positive way, like Jimmy, like Mario, like JVH, where they like these people have made me who I am because of their positive effect on me. So this is not about me. This is about them. Right. Mario instilled his ethics and concepts and views inside of my consciousness. And so now I carry them forward and then I instill them in others. Yes. I repeat the same things that he said because they resonated with me in a way where I knew they had value and they would bring me value in my life. And I repeat them to other people so that they can also pick up on that. And, and I create my own. And Ted, the same way. And JVH, the same way. And Jimmy, Jimmy, the same way. His, his message of how to do this thing called life has greatly affected who I am as a person. And I continue to you know, monkey repeat that and it affects everybody else. And, and that's how it works, right? That's how we pass down the lessons, right? They go from one to the next. So Well, it's like this concept of legacy, you know, yeah. this concept of what is the impact that we're making on the world. I mean, I don't, we've been, spent a lot of time, the majority of the time talking about the experience as a living person dealing with and experiencing the the reverberations of the death of someone that we love we haven't really talked much about the notion of i mean what do you hope to leave behind when you go do you have thoughts around your own i'm not suggesting you need to i'm more just curious is there something some part of you that thinks about legacy and hopes to leave behind impacts and that are similar to these or or not 100 percent. yeah let's hear more about that 100 percent. so um one of the guys who uh made a really positive impact in my life was orly king mm. orly king was a beautiful man just such a gentleman he just really resonated with the whole idea of a Southern gentleman from Tennessee and his manner, the way that he carried himself as candor was just so beautiful and so respectful. And he passed a few years back. The last time I saw him was at one of our conventions. Mm. Yeah. And I think about these kinds of things where, you know, the impact that people like Mario or Ted or Orly or Jimmy, Sean, JT, that the impact that they've had on me and how I now choose to act as a result of it, the number one thing is it has to be now. I can't, we can't put it off till tomorrow. So uh, on the hike, up to the exit last week with Jimmy, 
we were talking about the idea of like how long our lives are going to be mm-hmm. and not really knowing that. And um, like for myself, I've always been, there was a period where I was trying to end it. You yeah. know, I was r- radically irresponsible and reckless. And as I, as I grew out of that and got older and made it through that period, luckily enough, I started to change in the way that I would view things and started thinking about the greater impact in the period of time, start getting a little older and start planning to be 50 and start planning to be 70 and start thinking about having a whole life. And Jimmy said, Jimmy said, oh, I've been planning to be 100 ever since I was a little boy. You know, I've always known that I'll grow to be 100. Mm. And in moments later, that was not true. Mm, wow. And so when I think about this concept of legacy, of like how to how to leave a lasting impact in the world that is going to truly have a positive effect on the people and the planet mm-hmm. around us, it's in our everyday actions of how we choose to do and what we choose to do with our time. So the whole reason this podcast exists is one of those reflections of wanting to just learn to use this voice that we've been given to have to help each other, to help walk each other home, to help share, create the concept that, you know, speaking towards things is is a good idea. It's a helpful thing. And to not be afraid to to say the things that are scary, um, that are hard. Mm-hmm. You know, to bring the challenging topics to the table and have the hard conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. And to say, I love you mm-hmm. and to really mean it, you <laughs> yeah. know, making it weird. Yeah. Making it weird. But yeah, keep going. The whole concept of, um, and I got I have to give credit to meditation. Mm hmm for this because I don't think that I would ever find myself able to even make a statement like this without first having the tools to help understand myself. And because there's definitely been times in my life where this was not the case. Yeah. Right. I couldn't sit and have this conversation with you because I'd be angry Mm -hmm. and I'd be tied up in some other sets of emotions. And, and I don't have any anger, you know, the reason why I don't have any anger around this is because I've, spent time sitting thinking about it and releasing these concepts and so learning that i can only i can only ever respond in two ways i can respond in loving way or i can respond in a fearful way this is the whole nature of polarity and the, the this particular universe is based in polarity we're either alive or we're not the sun is either up or down magnetism is positive and negatively charged there's a proton there's a neutron everything has an equal and opposite reaction and in our experience we can react in a positive way with love or we can react in a negative way with fear and all the other emotional sets fall under those basic pins at the top of the pyramid so becoming aware of our own emotional state First is first and foremost, like what what is my own emotional state right now? And just recognizing the state that's occurring and then starting to allow that, just allow it to occur and recognize that's just a experience that's being had. And it's not actually like who we are. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I am not anger. Anger yes. is something I experience. Correct. Yeah. I am not fear. Fear is something I experience, right? It mm-hmm. might rise up inside my body and being expressed as something I think that I am, but it's truly not what I am, right? I am love. Yes. That's fact. Yes. That's fact. I am not fear. And just getting these core concepts down in place and always relating back to them and always being con- conscious to whatever emotions will come up will also pass. Yeah. It's clearly, it's clear experiencing you. I mean, maybe other people will think differently, but I feel I feel like I am experiencing this embodied in you. All the things that you're talking about, I'm like, yes, I'm I'm feeling that your energy, your presence, your calm. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that to praise you. I'm saying that just to acknowledge what I feel like I am experiencing and observing simply just sitting here being with you in this conversation. And and this is after a significantly traumatic event. There's something notable about that. Yeah. And it's at times it's been scary for me to feel like, am I emotionless? You know, Mm -hmm. like, should I, shouldn't I be responding more? Shouldn't I be freaking out? Shouldn't I be shaking? And shouldn't I be feeling really upset? And, and I don't, you know, I have, I have times when I'm, my emotions rise. Yeah. And I need, might need to sit and cry for a little while. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's actually, it's fantastic. Healthy. It's the most, it's healthy. a healthy, healthy expression of love. Mm-hmm. It's just the deepest love coming out, you know, just love spewing out everywhere from our pores. Yeah. Right. It's literally what it is, you yeah. know, and that is beautiful and that is welcome and that is, Something to be grateful for. For sure. I'm going to read another quote. Yeah, it's like you picked up your phone. What are you going to share? Let's hear it. Yeah. This is a beautiful example of the temporary nature of everything. If you know me, you know, I've been to Burning Man many times and Burning Man's a temporary city. It only exists sometimes and then it's gone again. And so every structure, every experience, everything that happens there also disappears in a very short time span. So there's a relationship like our to our life's journey where you're like, it was there and now it's gone. Yeah. You know, it's, and, and it goes and there's a temple that's built every year and it's a different temple every year because it burns built this temple to celebrate and to mourn and to freedom and release and connect. And then we let it all go and it all turns into energy again and you can't, it's gone. And on the wall, typically people write things that are important to them. And this one is written on the wall at the temple by an anonymous author. Mm. It's all so terrifyingly simple. We've overcomplicated it. There is a deliberate continuum being maintained throughout all the detailed narrative. No matter what your crazy theory is, no matter what mouth noises or squiggly lines you may point towards, that isn't here now. We are just life bubbling and boiling, desperate to make more life, and anything else is just in the way of doing that. So please use whatever semantic mechanisms you need to feel better about your fleshy, impulsive existence. 
You are a seed, you are a fluid. There is no rising above because it will never stop being all around you. You were designated as a temporary step in a massive and beautiful process long before you stopped and recognized the privilege of being here mm. or asking questions. You are electricity. You are rivers and glaciers and vapor. This is not a poetic metaphor. This is fact. Accept the titanic majesty of creation into your self-identity. Become mountains with your body. Open the rivers inside you. You are the galaxies and the flowers all at once. This is not just a nice thing to say or a pleasant thing to hear. This is who you are. Every wall you have built and fortified with your trembling certainties, all of it will and can be reduced to ash with a whisper. Mm. You are a note that tumbles down the hillside of a symphony. Nothing that you will ever be. Nothing that you are will ever be a statue. You are raindrops. You are the gusts. You are the piles that accumulate in the corners. You will forget. You will remember. You will remember. You will hate forgetting. You will love remembering. You will hate remembering. You will love forgetting. Look up from the script. Share a knowing glance with your co-stars. They never, there never was going to be any rehearsal. Mm. Mm. Be the mountains. I love it. Yeah, love the it. metaphors are so, so deep you mm. know when you really connect to that there's so much freedom there's so much freedom it's interesting that i the the nature of the human experience as this meaning meaning making machine that the the machinery of the brain wanting to make meaning and really attempting to surrender and let go of that perpetually whether it is in the face of death and our perception of that and what it means and why we're sad or what it means that the person is gone or lost or however we might describe something or think about something and then when we connect to things like what you just shared and if you really feel it and believe it I am the mountains. I am letting go of the rivers inside me. However she described that or he described that or they described that. Oh, it's just freedom. It's freedom when those ideas that limit us, when we let go of those things. I love what you said there. Mm. We're meaning-making machines. <laughs> yeah. Like, I need to make some meaning out of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, like, <clears throat> we really just need to revel in it, right? We really just need to be present to what we have and the exp the opportunity we have right now to just recognize that we're surrounded by incredible everything. There's just so much abundance. We're surrounded in, in it. There's, there's no way to escape it. There is abundance everywhere. We're surrounded by love 
supported in every single direction. This entire existence is made to support us. We are it. It is us. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to miss the idea of Jimmy. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna miss bumping it into each other, laughing, doing stupid stuff. Yeah, you know, enjoying company. I'm gonna miss that, but at the same time, I'm gonna forget that. You know, that's it's all temporary, mm. and we just can't get attached to these concepts of things being permanent because they're just not. They're just not. And and that desire for permanence is rooted in fear is rooted in security it's rooted in yeah yeah, man it does not yeah to me it's very clear that any version of an attachment of any kind is rooted in fear 100 percent. yeah well what else is there anything more what else what else do you want to share I feel like this is a really open space. You know, I want you to just go where you want to go. I want to empathize a little bit with everybody out there and anybody who might be listening um, directly. Yeah. Because sometimes it's hard to, you know, like where I'm at right now and how what I'm sharing people, a lot of people are not going to be in the same space. Yeah, yeah. And they're not going to be able to relate to that. And so I want to take a minute to relate to where everybody is on their own journey and and thank them for being present in mind as part you know participant relative experience so i have a lot of great gratitude really that whole attitude is gratitude is really what anchors me and i'm really grateful to you mel for holding space for me to be able to share some of what i've been going through with this um, experience. Yeah, of course. I miss my friend, you know, Yeah, I miss my friend. I miss all my other friends, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I'm going to make some more friends, you know, (laughs) I'm going to make more friends. That's, that's beautiful. Two for every one. It's beautiful. I mean, it sounds so cute and trite, but it's so beautiful. I'm going to make more friends. I know you're serious, but the way, you know, like the way that you're like, I'm going to make some more friends. It's like, yes, yes. That's what you're, that's it. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think it's important to empathize with people who are not necessarily with where you are. You know what I mean? Because like I think back to when I the first person that I ever lost in skydiving was Seth Karp. And he helped me get into four way FS back in the day. And I had just moved to Los Angeles and we were very close friends. And and he was the first person in my young life that that passed in in our sport. And I remember just being absolutely devastated. And it's not that I wasn't devastated 10 years later when JT passed and devastated in other ways when other people passed and my gram passed and all those things. But yeah, there is this interesting trajectory of the emotional experience of grief. And I think all of them are valid. All of them are important. And I think it's really, really, I just, I want to echo what you're saying to people listening who are in that grief period. Because I remember, gosh, I remember going to Seth's funeral and just wailing 
wailing. They're shoveling dirt on my friend. And I just did not have any skills to manage my own emotions at that point. And I think that's okay. You know, we want to learn through these experiences. And at the same time, if you're really struggling, that's normal too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's all part of the journey. Yeah. That's all part of the journey. I I, want to touch on one other thing, which is a key piece to this whole puzzle. And I'm sure that Jimmy would want me to talk about this. So yeah, there's this whole thing of um, stepping back up to the plate Mm. as far as the concept of opening your heart again and, you know, loving somebody again, falling in love. But there's, there's that side of it, right? Because our emotional, um, the emotional risk that we take when we allow ourselves to get close to people is the one that we, we know has an inevitable outcome that will eventually lose them. Right. And then there's the other part of stepping back up to the plate, which is living our lives in a way which allows us to feel free. And if that means, so for me, I'll be, this is going to be really vulnerable. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to think about it, whether I'm going to jump again. Mm-hmm. Right. And just watch one of my best friends just yeah. die doing something that I've been doing for 25 years. And I love it, but it's, terrifying in that I don't know if I want that to happen to me yeah you know so I have to really ask myself like what are my motives why am I doing that and do I really need to do I really want to how do I feel about this deep in my gut like Mm -hmm. what's my attitude towards risk-taking and why I'm doing it and we had a great um, conversation last night about this whole concept with a little group uh, that I've been spending some time with here in Moab. Um, I want to thank my friend Matt Blank mm. for being a mentor and a leader and putting together this um, winter base camp for all the locals here. And basically, once a week, we're all getting together and we're learning about the sport. And there's some uh, baby birds in that group who have no jumps no mm-hmm. base jumps or who have made one. This is the difference now. They have made one tandem base jump. Oh, wow. And now they have a few skydives mm. and they're looking to get into the sport and they have their own motives mm-hmm. for why. And we talked about motives. We talked about this incident because, you know, you have a traumatic incident that affects everybody in the community. And then we got to examine our motives. Absolutely. We got to say, why am I doing this? And do I really want to do it? And is it worth doing? So there's the, the question, like, is it, is it worth doing, mm-hmm. you know, do, and so I'll, I'm going to listen to my gut and listen to my instinct. I'm going to try not to let, make myself do decisions out of anger mm-hmm. or frustration or something like that. I'll really try to listen to how I truly feel. And, you know, right now I don't feel like jumping. Yeah. I, I don't feel it at all. I'm like, I need a break, you know, because there's, this is directly affecting my, I don't feel any draw to go do that. And I watch my friends who are out there jumping right now, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know that they're in a different place with it. You know, their, their journey are in different parts of that. And who knows how long it will be before I decide to go make another jump. And will I ever go back to that same spot again? 
Right. You know, like, do, is that something that I'm going to do? And so these these sets of questions are going to be affecting a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people because Jimmy was such a hugely resonant energy that affected so many people. And he's been a teacher and a mentor for decades in this community, you know, running courses year after year after year, teaching people to base jump. Then now there's going to be hundreds, if not thousands of jumpers out there who are going, well, that just rocked my whole concept of what I'm doing being sustainable. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say this. It's not sustainable. Mm. It's not why do you say that? Um, because nothing is sustainable. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> the whole conversation. <laughs> the whole conversation. Exactly. Like <laughs> I, I might create this idea that if I'm safe, this I, this word of safe, which I just shake my head at anytime I hear somebody say the word safe, I'm like, well, that's a false concept. Mm-hmm. There's no safe, right? There's like, okay, well, if I only jump on really perfect days. And I only jump on really great conditions and I keep the margins really restricted that I'm going to be safe, Mm -hmm. quote, air quotes. Oh, that's just not true. It's not. I mean, your your odds are lower, but it's not safe. It's not a guarantee. And there's no guarantee that in anything. Uh, So this starts, it goes back to, uh, I'll try to phrase this as best as I can is, how do I live my life to the fullest and not die living? Right. Right. Yeah. I, I want to get everything I can out of this experience. And to me, to me, that might include flying down the side of a mountain at 100 miles an hour through the trees. And I don't want to die doing that. Yeah. I want to get as much out of my life as I can without dying living. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And I do just to go. Well, please. Yeah. I want to go back to this idea of us being on different points in the path because you and I are older. You know what I mean? We're older people. We have a lot of experience in these collective communities. I have zero in the base jumping community. I have no base jumps, but my, my experience in skydiving is large, uh, I mean, again, there's plenty of people with more experience, but why I say that is I think back to when Seth died, I was so passionately just got on the four-way hook and I was so in love with it. And it was one of those things where I was like, I had to go jump right away because I had a really, it was a really strong, still strong pull to jumping at that point in my life. And I'm so grateful that I continued to jump. Look at, oh my God, imagine if I had quit skydiving, like the entirety of my existence would be different. I would likely not know you like there would be just the so much would be different if I decided to stop jumping when that happened I was I want to say 24 years old or 23 years old something like that and at the start of my my skydiving career and my competition in FS and all of the things that preceded all the things that most people know about me and I I say that because I'm really glad I continued then, but I have as an older 
more seasoned person who has more experiences. So now I'm not wondering what it's like to go skydiving and be on a competition team and be a part of a world record. I'm not wondering those things. I've done those things. So for me, it's it's a different kind of questioning to be to be assessing whether or not I want to continue. So it's a, it's important to continue to assess and ask those questions, not because you're going to necessarily stop, but just so that you can clarify why so that you have a deep peace in your heart when you go forward. And however that goes, you can have peace in your heart around that as well. Yeah, I absolutely hear you. I think the question is why and how for me, you know, um, why do things uh i was sharing this last night as when i went on i started jumping um my life was in a very very dark place and it was it allowed me to feel i i felt alive again i felt sensation that was a positive feeling and i hadn't felt any positive feelings in a long time i'd been feeling a lot of heavy dark pain and i thought it was an escape you know and then, you know, like I heard somebody else say recently, I was like, I was trying to die. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just, good, you know, pushing the bounds. Like, how close can I get? What does it look like? Do I really want to? And like really questioning myself with whether I really want to be here and why I jumped when I was younger and why I jump now are not the same. Correct. The, me me They completely changed. Same. You know, the why. And, you know, I can point to this very clearly, like. If I start to really analyze the why, then I can also look at how I can find that answer for that why in lots of different ways. So it doesn't have to be reliant upon a very high risk activity to do that, although I still want to participate in that particular activity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, the why I base jump is because of the places that it takes me, the places on earth. They're just these incredible, incredible locations. Mm -hmm. And then the places I get to experience while flying, people just, you just don't live next to a cliff in free fall. Like that's not a (laughs) place that you get to go visit, you know, you don't get to visit this gully down the side of a mountain, (laughs) you know, like, so you get to experience these places on earth that only are very temporary experiences. It's like being a scuba diver going to the bottom of the ocean. Like you're, you can go check it out, but you can't stay there, you know? So there's these wonderful experiences of location that this earth has to offer. And so the time outside in nature, the people that I meet, this is, it is so much about the people that I meet, you know, like part of why I would, even if I chose to stop jumping because that wasn't calling to me, I would still go to the gatherings Mm -hmm. because of the people who are, that are at them so that I can connect with these people that have the same types of views on life and interests and things to share. And, and, and that for me is really, really important. And the exercise, right? So like a big amount, a large amount of exercise, a big challenge, a mental overcoming, a state of focus. Like there's all these really, really valuable things. Well, I can get exercise and have a state of focus and go to beautiful remote places and meet incredible people without jumping off of the cliff. Mm-hmm. You know, I can hike back down 
and I'm going to have almost the exact same set of experiences. I could fly a glider down instead of deploying a parachute. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could ski or, or whatever the version of it is. So I think what happens for me in that asking myself why is it kind of takes off my blinders that there's only one way I can experience anything awesome in life. And actually yeah. go, whoa, yeah. there's a thousand different things out here. And what you see very often in our community is as people mature in themselves and they get older, they expand their field. And suddenly they learn to paraglide and they learn to scuba dive and they learn other stuff and more and more things come in and it becomes less point focused and more broad yeah. to the the potential that's out there. Yeah. And one of the driving values, I think, of what we do is freedom. And so, yeah. man, if we are limited by, oh, I can only have this, this deeply connected, mind altering, beautiful, present flow state experience, overcoming fear, all the things that you said through this one avenue, then we're limiting ourselves to the access of freedom, accessing freedom in so many different ways. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It really is. It is a trajectory. And I'm glad we mentioned this for people listening, because it's okay if you're in a really intense period where you're like, get back on the horse, go jump immediately. It's okay if you're in the, I mean, obviously be safe, <laughs> whatever that concept is, but you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't die, don't die living. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Don't, don't die, die living. Yet. Don't die yet living. That's great. Don't die living. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, I think I want to wrap this up. Yeah. And I want to say thanks to Jimmy. Um, I'm sure that I'm going to have a lot of practice in the years, months, weeks, days, hours to come of expressing my... Uh, feelings about you as my friend and my brother and how you've affected our community and so i want to thank you my friend because i'm going to miss you Uh, you are a big value in my life and a huge teacher and i'm sad that you're gone Uh, i'm gonna go out and make 10 more friends for you (laughs) 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 that's the minimum minimum i'm talking today (laughs) yeah today (laughs) today today i'm gonna go make like hell yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i love you brother thank you yeah thank you mel yeah thank you i love you i love you jimmy yeah he loves you too i know that I actually know that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in today and for being part of this experience. It's um, this whole journey, you know, of walking each other home. It's just happening. We don't have a choice. We don't know. We didn't what's going on. We're just trying to be here for each other on this whole ride. So thank you very much for listening and, and thank you. Um, you would like to connect more if you'd like to support the show we would greatly appreciate it thank you very much if you are already supporting we would greatly appreciate our patreon supporters and if you go to our website trustthejourney.today and scroll down and click on the donate now button 
and support us on Patreon. It would help greatly and would be truly appreciated. Yeah, for sure. And the Trust the Journey family is is really, really wonderful, especially, gosh, in times like these when you really need support and you maybe don't have it more directly. It's a it's a true piece and and spoke of a of a wheel of support. So we welcome you to join us there anytime, truly. Agreed. Um, follow us on Instagram, comment, share, follow us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and most importantly, pass on our show to other people directly that you think would get value from the experience of joining us. And that word of mouth uh, is probably the most powerful thing. And that's literally us being here for each other. Send this show to a friend that you think might get some value might help them along. Truly appreciate that. Thanks, everybody. We love you. Keep laughing, keep loving, and keep trusting the journey. And we love you. Bye.